0: All right, so we're talking about what does it look like to trust Jesus in the chaos and the shadow of COVID-19? Mm-hmm. Sort of this idea of where Jesus is. Jesus, where are you? Yeah. Uh, last week, we looked at Genesis 1. Uh, and one of the things I was thinking about last week, right? I was thinking of their seven days and you were talking about, oh, God wants to bring order and beauty and things in the world. One yeah. of the things I realized is like, all right, so why did we start there? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, Maybe intuitively you're listening to this and you're thinking, wouldn't it have just been easier to start with one of Jesus's healings? One of Jesus's miracles in the gospels. It's like so direct. Totally. Like, wait, so why did we go to Genesis 1? Yeah, yeah. No, that's good. Yeah. And I think it's a good, I'm glad you brought
1: that up. I think for me, it's because I follow Jesus, I want to understand how Jesus sees and views the world. Okay. I want to understand how. Jesus sees himself in the gospels. Okay. And for me, that's understanding that the way Jesus understood the world was based on what we call the old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures. So as Jesus is walking around Galilee doing those stories that we read about in the gospels, he has a a storyline in the back of his head that is anchored in Genesis 1 and 2 that there is a good God who created this world and he created Mm. it good and he wants to bring beauty and order out of all of the chaos. And he's invited humanity into that project. But as we'll talk about later today here, Genesis 3, sin has sort of ruptured that plan. But Jesus sees himself as- He's a part of that story. He's a part of that story. He's even
0: maybe embodying some of the heart of God in Genesis 1 in these gospel stories that were like, oh, he's doing it there. Totally,
1: yeah. He's doing Genesis 1 and 2 things in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Got it. And he's bringing that storyline
0: So, what you're trying to do is help us to sort of look at the whole of the canon of scripture. Totally. Yeah. And say, okay, this story in Genesis, this very beginning, is an anchor story. Yeah. That shapes actually much of the rest of the Bible. And Jesus, as someone who would have been totally saturated, marinated in the scriptures, this would have been a super important and defining story for him. Totally.
1: Oh, yeah. Tim Mackey says, as Jesus is walking around from the Bible Project, says that Jesus is creating like little pockets of Eden. Wherever he goes, okay. There's little like microcosms of like Genesis one and two, the healing or okay. proclaiming the good news. Like there is restoration happening. There is mm. a going back to the garden in a sense. Mm-hmm. That's
0: yeah. Like, yeah, bringing from the chaos yeah of verse one or two yeah the tohu bohu right yeah into the ordering yes. of creation. We're seeing that parallel and happen in the gospel. Totally. So, okay, yeah. So you said the word Eden. Yeah, that makes me think <laughs> of as we're starting to get into Genesis three. Mm-hmm. Is that where we're going today?
1: Yeah, yeah. So you want to dive into Genesis 3. We did Genesis 1 and 2 last week. Okay. If you didn't get a chance, recommend going back, listening to yeah. that. Um, but Genesis 3 is where the story just kind of all falls apart okay. uh, in a sense, where you have this talking snake and... Well, actually, let me just read the passage Yeah, here. that'd be great. Thank you. Uh, the first three or first six verses, actually, Genesis 3 uh, says this, now the serpent You will be like God. Now, I want to pause right there. Verse 5, the serpent says, you will be like God. There's a very, there's an ironic thing happening right there. Because if you have Genesis 1 in the back of your head, humanity, man and woman, are already Uh, like God. Made in the image of God. Made in the image of God, right? So there's a a twist that's happening there. Uh, So you will be like God, the serpent says, knowing good and evil. And then verse 6 is a key verse. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was desired to make one wise, she took. Now, just I want to highlight the verbs there. She okay. is going to see, she saw, it. Okay. and saw, she sees that it's good in her eyes. Yeah. Now, if you, again, been reading Genesis 1 and 2, okay. up to this point, God has been the only one to declare what is good.
0: Uh, he so sees, it, he looks out over it, says It's is good, yeah, tov, yeah. yeah, the
1: Hebrew word tov there, it's good, it's good, it's good. Mm. The first time a human sees something that is good was, we'll find out, is when sin enters into the world. Wow! So you have this. Contrast. I think the contrast the author is wanting to contrast when God defines good, it actually is good. Okay. And there's this pattern we'll see throughout Scripture when humans mm. define good for themselves, it actually that perpetuates more chaos uh, and sin wow. into the world. So the woman saw that the tree was tov or okay. good for food, delight to the eyes. The tree was desired to make one wise, though. So there's this kind of self, selfish okay. desire there, right?
0: Because she wants to be wise. She wants to
1: be wise. Like it's, it's one way to think of it is trying to define wisdom on one's own terms, okay? Or to seek wisdom, and yeah. for one's own purposes. Okay. Desire to make one wise. She took of the fruit and ate it, and also gave or passed on to her husband. So you have this sort of cycle of. Not only is the individual woman participating in this, but is actually perpetuating that and passing that on to another creature, her husband, the She
0: sees, she determines good, Mm -hmm. then she defines wisdom, and then that sort of creates this, almost like this snowball effect. Yeah, And now it passes to another human being. Passes on to another human being,
1: exactly. Yeah, and so this is...
0: So you have, let me just sort of, Genesis 1, you start with... Uh, chaos, and then God brings order. Mm-hmm. Here, you start with a sense of order Yeah, at the beginning of Eden, right? Totally, yeah, yeah. And then it's through this sort of Eve determining what is good and then what is wise. Now you're sowing this sort of disorder or chaos.
1: Yeah, totally. Yeah, and it's there's a couple things going on here, right? So hu- humanity is par- participating in... Okay. This, and then you have the, a talking
0: the, snake. You have a talking
1: snake, right? Yeah. Which is a whole rabbit hole sure, sure. that we don't necessarily have time to go through. But I mean, one of the questions is, is like, where did this snake come from? Yeah. And that's a whole thing that I don't we don't necessarily want to get into sure, sure. right now. But what is interesting is the text never actually says where the snake come from. It's it's just there. there. And I think that sometimes we can relate to that experience mm. of like chaos is just there. And it's yeah. hard to explain where it came from. yeah. yeah. Um, but it 's there, and we have to deal with it, and how hmm. do we respond okay. in those moments um, but you again, you have the women again, like you're saying perpetuating or taking for oneself mm-hmm. and passing that on um, and it this is where the whole just story unravels right okay. where, where sin enters into the world, and I think it's one of the camp out here because I wanted to just talk about, okay, so what exactly are we to make of this this story mm-hmm. and how does this relate to kind of our moment? with kind of COVID-19 the chaos and kind of the disorder of all that we're 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 facing here because that's kind of the
0: trickiness right it's like you go back to Genesis and you're like we're talking about origin stories yeah like how does that translate into right the title of this is Jesus where are you yeah right so yeah help us go from creation origin story anchor stories for Jesus to us yeah totally yeah
1: so this is there's a couple key points that I just want to, again, highlight here yeah. for us, right? So I've already mentioned that the humans are already like God, but there's a twisting that happens. Okay. There. So there's... They're made in his image. Genesis one twenty six yeah. and following. But
0: there is this sort of subtle thing by the snake yeah, saying,
1: but you could be like God. You can be something more or you can attain yeah. that on your own or something. Okay. There. There's a deception yeah. going yeah. on there. Uh, and, and to just recognize that we live in a world that as human beings, we can be easily deceived. deceived. Totally, yeah. so we have that. So that's yeah. that's part of the the package there. Uh, you know, the act itself, Genesis three six, is a rebellion. Is like this quest for divine wisdom apart from God's guidance.
0: Yeah, yeah, because God is walking in the garden with totally. Them. Yeah. So if they have a question, they can just say, "Hey God, yeah. what do you think?" Totally, exactly. Right, yeah. like the the need for wisdom independent of God is actually not. I don't know, hugely necessary. Yeah. I mean, I'm not like looking at the Eden and saying, well, yeah, you guys have got some really complex issues you need to totally. solve right there. Yeah, totally.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's this kind of selfish autonomy yep. factor going on there, wanting to do it you know, on your own. Yeah. Uh, maybe the first case of individualism. Yeah, you know, I self-reliance. Don't know. Self-reliance. I think that's a sure, better sure. way to, to put it. Um, and then there's the consequences, right? The relationship is fractured between humanity. They okay. hide from each other for a bit. Uh, they hide from God. So yeah. there's this, this
0: shame factor yeah. that's happening. They actually happening. use, right, didn't they use like the leaf? So the they leaves. use they use like actually creation to hide from God. Yeah, totally. They take the leaf that is meant to be sort of a part of the aesthetics, the yeah. beauty of where they are now to hide from God and one another. Totally,
1: yeah. And there's also, we're talking about like the disorder that's happening here. Mm-hmm. Back in Genesis 1 and in 2, God had told the humans that they were to rule over the beasts of creation. They were to rule Uh, over creation. But in Genesis 3, there's an inversion that's happening. Now the beast, Genesis three one says that the serpent was a a beast of the field, right? So it's the same phrase. Now the beast, the serpent is a sense kind of Hmm. ruling over the human. So what God had intended... Certainly subverting the order. Exactly. So you have
0: this order, you have the chaos coming to this order. There's at least some like uh, someone in charge yeah. to say, okay, this is where we're going, yeah. and now that order is starting to be undermined unravel,
1: yeah. and unravel. Totally, yeah. So this is the combination of the snake, the serpent, humanity's own decisions is Got now just undoing, in a sense, yeah. what Genesis one and two was was all about. Okay, That um, makes sense. And this is just this is this the beginning. It's going to continue on yeah. in the next. Yeah, we're in at chapter, chapter three. This is just chapter. Yeah, yeah. This is just page three uh, of your Bibles. Uh, but what's what's interesting here? I don't know. Is there any other points you wanted to no, it's good. On there? Keep okay. going, yeah. Yeah. So you have all these sort of pieces on the table, and I think what I wanted to do is just highlight kind of one really important factor here was that the fall story Genesis three okay. is we call it the fall and that's fine. Yeah. Um, a couple of things though with that is that it's not just one isolated incident. Okay. In just the Bible and even yeah. looking at our own lives. Okay. Explain that a little bit, right? Because I think
0: usually we think of there's creation, which seems to be a one-time, like God makes all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, And now there's a fall and that feels like a one-time thing. So explain to me how this is sort of ongoing.
1: Ongoing. Yeah, Yeah. totally. So I mentioned briefly before some of those key verbs, the woman saw. Yep. What was good? She took and then gave. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's these. It's this idea of what some people call design patterns in scripture. We use language of like hyperlinks. These like repeated phrases and words Mm. in key passages get repeated again in other passages, and it's a way of. Is that kind of like echoes? Like echoes, allusions. Uh, It's very much like this. Is this example might fall short, but do you remember? So the the new Star Wars trilogy. I knew that, it was going to be Star Wars. Yeah, that came out, right? <laughs> so, like, I don't know if you had the, the, this experience. I did. If you're, like, a Star Wars fan, you would have this experience. Okay. But you're watching the new trilogy, uh-huh. and there's these scenes throughout, like, just the the beginning of the, the first one in the new trilogy, right? Okay. So, it's... You're on a desert planet. Yeah. You're like, I've seen this before. Yeah. And and there's all these scenes that are sort of similar to the the old trilogy from the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And you begin to think of those scenes from the Mm. earlier movies and you're kind of making connections. Yeah. That kind of thing is happening. I think something similar is happening here where, as we're going to see, there's some other biblical stories that are going to use these same words of someone Mm. taking or seeing what is good, taking for themselves and passing that on. And it's like, oh. That's Genesis 3 again. Uh, maybe, Genesis 3 is... Can you being tease being that out for us? Totally, like, yeah. Give me a couple
0: examples. Examples, yeah.
1: So Abraham and Sarah, uh, Genesis 16 is, is one example. Again, there's, this is just a few of them. Sure, sure. And it's funny. It's because it's these examples are often with characters in Scripture that we often peg as like heroes of the faith. Huh. And what's interesting is that the biblical authors pr- present very honest depictions okay. of these characters. They're They're very flawed in okay. a lot of ways yeah. right so, so like Sarah. Us. totally right yeah, yeah. so this is go. inviting us to see ourselves in these in these uh characters so genesis 16 kind of the quick backstory genesis 12 god calls abraham is going to make a covenant okay. promise with them i'm yeah. a blessing to you and you're going to bless through your family i'm going to bless the nations okay that story kind of continues god reiterates that covenant with abraham in genesis 15 okay so two times at this point god has said through your seed yeah. through your descendants i'm going to Give you a family and you're going to yep. be a blessing to the world.
0: Okay. So you said it twice.
1: Yeah. So by Genesis 16, though, yeah. you think Abraham would get it by now. Yeah. But Genesis 16 is that famous story of Abraham not trusting God uh, and doing something on his own. Okay. And at least it's chaos. So Genesis 16, let me just kind of briefly read it here. Yeah. This is Genesis 16, verse 1. Now Sarai, Abraham's wife, had born him, Abraham, no children. Ah, But she had an Egyptian maid who's name Did it say awe in there? And And she had an Egyptian maid whose name was Hagar. So Sarai said to Abraham, now behold, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Please go into my maid. Perhaps I will obtain children through her. And Abraham listened to the voice of Sarai. Now, we didn't read it, but back in Genesis 3, the accusation against Adam is you listen to the voice of Eve, you didn't listen uh, to my voice. So okay. there's already this kind of hyperlink back, yeah. like listening to someone else's yeah. voice. As so Abraham's to, not
0: listening to the promises of God. Yeah. And instead, in this moment, when Sarah's doubting, yeah, she's like, uh, do this instead. Do this instead. Right? Uh, okay. And yeah. he does it. He does it. Yeah. So yep. not listening to God's voice.
1: But then after that, Abraham then lived 10 years in the land of Canaan. Okay. And Abram's wife, Sarai, took, same verb from Genesis 3, took Hagar, her Egyptian maid, and gave her to her husband okay right so you have the same thing taking, taking what's and good giving. and giving you have that going on there
0: yeah and sarah has her own idea of what this should be exactly so she's now implementing her plan her wisdom yeah in, in lieu of gods totally. and adam's or, not adam yeah, yeah just totally like did it <laughs> you did, and, abraham, good and abraham yeah. uh is sort of going along with the right totally going
1: along with the right exactly hmm. uh so then abram goes into hagar she conceives uh, when she saw that he conceived, her mistress was despised in her sight. Okay. Uh, and Sarai said to Abraham, may the wrong done to me be upon you. I gave, so let's repeat it again, my maid into your arms. But when she saw, there it is, that she had conceived, I was despised in her sight. Okay. May the Lord judge between me and you. But Abram said to Sarai, behold, your maid is in your power. Due to her, this is the same or same word, due to her what is good, what is tov in your sight wow so there's this here's here's my egyptian slave i'm gonna take her give her to you now do what is good in your own eyes wow is what sarah so that's it's pretty
0: much you're not like making this up like there's a lot of illusions yeah there's
1: not it's pretty much copy and paste here and so what uh sarah treated her harshly and oppressed and hagar fled from her presence so you have this example if you're kind of reading the scriptures kind of continuously like this, you're going oh. Abraham's Abraham's doing and Sarah are doing Genesis three all mm. over again. And as you read the story, their choices in Genesis 16 perpetuate even more wow. evil and disorder and chaos yeah. in their own own family lives yeah. as you read the Genesis story. So you can on. go
0: to like the beginning, right? There's like an unfulfilled promise that they're intended to hope for. Yeah. But instead of sort of living into that promise, that order, that beauty, yeah. they kind of do their own thing. And what we watch is this sense of chaos now. And you have this relational breakdown totally. within the family. Yeah. Uh, you have their servant is basically kicked out. Yeah. It's like all these problems then ensue.
1: Totally. Oh yeah. And this creates a whole host of mess, if you will, yeah. for Abraham and his family as the story uh, continues. Now there's a you know a few other examples I have here, and these aren't there's a whole bunch more. Like, okay. Yeah, maybe we uh, just go over them quick. Yeah, very briefly. So the golden calf incident, Nexus 32, the okay. same verbs are there, kind of taking the gold. To make the golden calf uh, and then giving giving them that that idol basically. Huh. Um, and then Aaron sees this and that's what ensues wow. in, in Exodus. 32. you have take,
0: give, and see. And see, all Again, in repeating.
1: That, yeah, Exodus thirty-two, and you okay. go, that's Israel's fall. Hmm. So not only is Abraham the father of Kind of the, the head of the patriarchs, yeah. if you will. He has a Genesis 3 moment. Yeah. Israel as a nation at the foot of Mount yeah. Sinai, after they've, they've been just delivered, been, yes. rescued yeah. out of slavery, they've crossed the Red Literally Sea. Literally right after. at the foot of Mount Sinai. They're like having this covenant moment where yeah. they're like signing on the dotted line. We want to be a part of this. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Let's yes. build a golden calf. And then, yeah, exactly. They break the first you know commandment. Wow. Don't have any other gods. And so it's all the Genesis 3 language repeats in Exodus 32. Mm. Um, 1 Samuel 8 and 9 is the story of... Israel wants a king now. They want a king like the other okay. nations. Yeah, the, yeah. the text says, "Yeah,
0: and God acquiesces. And God,
1: yeah, God is essentially accommodates to them through the prophet Samuel yeah. and gives them Saul. What's interesting is that Saul. And this is it's. It, this is a very kind of geeky. We don't have to go into all the details yeah. of it. But Saul essentially takes the place of the forbidden fruit in Genesis three. Huh. So Saul is what Israel sees as tov in first Samuel yeah, 9. So he's big. He's, he's tall. Handsome. So it he's says dead. handsome in your English Bible, yeah. but it's the same word for Tove. Really? So yeah, so Saul he's good. He's good. It's 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 clunky English, yeah. right? But he's handsome is how we translate yeah. it, but he's Israel sees oh, he's Tove and they take Saul. Wow. And if you're kind of reading the the Samuel story, you're going, yeah. oh. That's a forbidden fruit Genesis wow. 3 pattern. And it's kind of giving you a hint that Hey, Saul might not this actually. Just not be, gonna this go. is not going to go. This is not going to go well, right? So you have these wow. these clues, and so we have the I have the notes here. I, we can totally share those yeah. uh, later as part of the class. But another one that I wanted hmm. to briefly highlight was actually David and the David and Bathsheba story in Second oh, yeah. Samuel eleven. Again, David, we get we peg him as a hero, which is true, right? Yeah, mean, yeah, after totally. God's own heart, all that stuff. It's great. It's it's awesome. Um, he wrote David, a few good poems. Totally, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all the most a lot of the Psalms we. Are attributed to him. But anyway, 2nd Samuel 7 11 says, Now when evening came, David arose from his bed and walked around on the roof of the king's house, and from there he saw. Hmm. So it's if it's just the word saw, you might think, Oh, that's yeah. coincidence. But there's there's more going on here. Hmm. He saw a woman bathing, and the woman was in our English translations very beautiful, but it's the word Tove. Hmm. So this woman was saw that this woman was good. And then later on in the story, a few verses later. David sent messengers and took her. Mm-hmm. And if you're familiar with the 2 Samuel story, this yeah. creates a whole host yeah. of problems for David. Yeah. The Uriah incident. And then it just creates relational dysfunction totally. through the rest of David's David's wow. life, essentially. This is David's downfall. The beginning yeah. of David's downfall in a lot of ways.
0: So again, sense of order. He gets into the kingship. Totally, yeah. God brings him out of disorder. Totally. Like there's all kinds of chaos yeah. with Saul. Then God brings him to this place where there's some stability in the nation. He kind of goes his own way yeah. and then brings in even more chaos totally. into the midst.
1: Exactly. Yeah. And so the point of highlighting these different examples yeah. is, I mean, I guess initially, right? It's to see that this pattern is a biblical pattern and it repeats. Yeah. But it's also to see that not only does it repeat, but it repeats in this sense where I think as you, we're meant to see ourselves in these okay. stories in a way. Yeah, This isn't
0: just something you're supposed to like... Read and memorize. Yeah. This is something that we are supposed to read and reflect on and allow it to like speak to us. And to sink in. And, and read and us. Exactly. And yeah. we
1: begin to go, well, this is what a uh, line from Tim Mackey. He says like these, these biblical characters are not like necessarily models to emulate, yeah. but they're mirrors to look at where well, we okay. begin to see ourselves in these mm. characters and their decisions where you go, you know what? There's moments in my life, if I'm honest, Yeah, where I see things that I want, I take them and it. Creates even more chaos yeah. in my life. And at the, the root of that is this fundamental distrust of God's goodness and beauty and mm. what He wants to do mm-hmm. in my life. And I want to make that happen on my own. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, of one of maybe one way to frame that is to say sometimes when we say, Jesus, where are you? Yeah. We're hiding behind a tree in the Garden of Eden, totally. covering ourselves with a fig leaf, yeah. uh, hiding in shame from God and one another. And we're like, God, where are you? Yeah. When in fact, we are the ones who are actually going down the wrong path. We're yeah. the
1: ones that are going away from God yeah. when God... He's always, in the garden. He's there. He wants to be present. He is, yeah. he is present. And I think it's also this, yeah, this...
0: Let's tease it out real quick, right? So you have the promised Abraham. God is wanting to be present to Abraham. Yeah. Abraham then listens to Sarai and they go with Hagar and they sort of abandon God's plan for totally. the time being. But God is still faithful. Totally. God oh, yeah. still brings uh, their child, still fulfills his promise. Yeah. Uh, but there's a way in which the biblical narrative is trying to say when Jesus feels far away, when God, when life feels chaotic, that maybe we need to actually look at what, how we're living. Yeah, totally. That there's like a challenge actually in those seasons and in those times for us to look at the chaos we are actually sowing. Totally.
1: Yeah. And to, again, look at our lives with, as the scriptures as a mirror and ask ourselves that question, you know, where are those moments in the midst of the chaos of all this is happening? I think the the fleshly temptation, to use the language of Paul, is for self-preservation, to look out for myself, to try to gain control when yeah. reality is, especially in light of COVID-19. Like we're not in control. Yeah. There's all this chaos that's happening that's kind of unexplainable to a certain degree. And instead of just reaching and grabbing and just looking out for number one in myself, I mm. think there's an invitation to, to trust. Yeah. And there's an invitation to recognize that, you know what, God in his wisdom leads to life and flourishing mm-hmm. and goodness and when i take a situation and look out just for myself yeah. whether that i mean the classic example right we can if you want to go it's like the hoarding thing right yeah it's like it's a there's a fundamental distrust there that that's happening yeah and what that does is that it unleashes more harm yeah into an already chaotic yeah. situation that makes sense um
0: so maybe one thing to say like is with covid 19 right like some of this stuff is not your fault or my fault. Totally, yeah. right? Like some of this stuff is we're inheriting, moving into a world where there's brokenness, there's disease, there's all kinds of problems. Yeah. Uh, and I can be in this moment, like part of I can bear God's image in the world by bringing a sense of peace and order and beauty mm-hmm. into that chaos. For sure. Or I can perpetuate that cycle. Exactly.
1: Exactly. And I think that's the the part where, as you read Genesis now, one through three. Is it's kind of there's a choice before us. Okay. Kind of what path will we take? Hmm. The path of life and beauty and, and bearing God's image in a more faithful way. Yeah. Or the self-preservation, fundamental distrust aspect of yeah. taking for ourselves. And what does what that does is just perpetuate Genesis three hmm. in our own modern in our own modern context. Yeah,
0: that's good. For sure.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. Yeah. So if you're sitting at home and you're listening to this, like one of the things you're saying is Pay attention to the ways in which you are seizing control in a posture of fear, where you are seeing, determining what is good, and deciding what is the best course of action, independent of God and His speaking voice. Exactly.
1: Yeah, because the one of the repeated phrases is not just the "see," the "take good," it's the "listening to my voice." Yeah, that's another phrase that's getting repeated here. Yeah, and when the when a character in the biblical scriptures kind of gets and i in a yeah. positive sense. Often the tagline with Abraham, yeah. uh, with David, with yeah. Solomon, is he
0: that heard my voice and he, he obeyed. Voice, obeyed. Right, It's yeah.
1: listening to the voice of God yeah. versus the voice of, at least in the Genesis 3 story, the voice yeah. of the snake.
0: So in our culture, that's the voice of fear right now. Exactly. The voice of anxiety. Yeah. Uh, the voice of not like, certainly wisdom is an important voice, but there's this sort of tilting from wisdom to like self-preservation, to self-reliance. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you're like, I'm living in a godless world. Totally. Where oh, yeah. I'm stockpiling resources in the name of wisdom. Yeah. But really, it's just fear. Totally. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: And it's it's the twisting of wisdom. I mean, I think that's what, I mean, if this is like, you can get, there's so many layers to the Genesis 3 yeah, story. Yeah. But the first line in Genesis 3 was the serpent was more crafty. Hmm. It's the Hebrew word arum. Yeah. And in the book of Proverbs, that's actually a positive word. Hmm. Like the prudent man is room in the uh, book of Proverbs, but the serpent has twisted. Yeah, It's a twisting of the divine wisdom. It's a twisting wow. of God's wisdom that's happening in, in Genesis 3. And I think we're all susceptible to yeah. that, of redefining yeah. wisdom, whether that's no, on that our sense. terms or whatever. The culture says, you know, yeah. you name it. it. Um,
0: Is there anything else that you think would be like a helpful takeaway, something like the that the group should wrestle with yeah. as they come into like our group discussion? Like, you know, so we've wrestled a little bit with Genesis 1, now Genesis 2, like what what should someone wrestle with totally yeah a couple
1: couple things i think i have two questions in particular that i want to like have the group think about and ask Mm -hmm. you know even before we gather on zoom and and whatnot but also then after that i want to highlight how jesus really enters into this okay great at the end here um so the two questions are the first one is is this in this season where are you where are you tempted to take things into your own hands okay and just kind of sit with that and where are you where are you tempted to Want to either make it happen or gain a sense of control apart from yeah. God's So this could wisdom. be like
0: time, money, work. Yeah, totally. Anything. I think it, part of so like give me an example. Yeah,
1: yeah, totally. So there's there's a couple couple things I, I'd say to that is I think it could be a, uh, just the example side uh, resources. So like just trying to gain more self-preservation, mm-hmm. stockpiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, living in a state of reactivity, okay. uh, where the more I check the news, I think there's a sense where I feel like I'm in more control, Yeah, but reality is, is like, so I heard this, it's kind of a, a cliche phrase, but like someone had said on social media, they're constantly checking a breaking news will break you kind of a thing, you know. And sure. I think there's a, there's a there's a truth to that. Yeah. And I think there's this temptation that if I can just stay up to date and know what's going to happen or figure it out or yeah. crunch the numbers or whatever, yeah. that I'm going to be in control yeah. I'm going to feel more okay. yeah, I feel more secure. Yeah. Um and I think, you know, there's there's wisdom in, in keep, keeping up to date yeah. and all that sure. sort of stuff. Uh, but there's also like an endless rabbit hole. That makes sense. One can go down. So I think that's kind of yeah. one area. What's the second question? The second question, is it's, it's it's related. It's kind of like coming at a different angle. It's just recognizing where is it hard for you to surrender control? Okay. Uh, and it's, it's basically the same question. Yeah. Maybe at a slightly yeah, different yeah. angle. No, that makes sense. A little bit. But where is it hard? Where is it hard? Especially right now, I think, mm. especially as we do this podcast, the heart for it is is for the people of Wellspring mm-hmm. in the middle of this crisis. Yeah. To really wrestle with this. Where is mm. it hard for you to just... Say, God, I'm not in control. Yeah. And there's, yeah. A, there's a trust factor there. A fundamental, I think, the way I read the Genesis 3 story is there is a mistrust in the goodness of God. Yeah. At the heart of, the heart yeah. of humanity's decision yeah. there.
0: I keep seeing these memes coming out of like day one of shelter in place, you know, day 12. And it's like mm-hmm. this picture of like a person who's totally fallen apart. Yeah, totally. And I think we relate to that. Yeah. We feel this unraveling. Yeah. And there's an invitation, I think, in that, sort of captured in the meme, in that to say, all right, what does it look like to center into Jesus? Mm -hmm. Because he will, right, bring order. Yeah. He will bring beauty. He will restore. Yeah, totally. Um, But when we're on this treadmill of the shelter in place, the anxiety, the falling apart, like, Mm -hmm. we will self-unravel. Totally. Oh, yeah,
1: for sure. And I think, like, bringing it back to Jesus is so key. We're talking about, Jesus, where are you in Mm -hmm. this? And I think one of the key parts of the genesis three story is later on in verse 15 there's this you know bible nerds call it the proto-evangelion meaning proto's first evangelion gospel the first gospel okay. so it's like this promise yeah. the that bible nerds the yeah uh, like sounds about promise. right like, yeah it's a <laughs> phrase that i got from someone else no, but anyway yeah, sure another nerd you the, you're reading <laughs> the, yeah. but god says over the over the serpent I will put, just as Genesis 3.15, I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and her offspring. Hmm. And then it says, he, being the seed of the woman, will bruise your head yeah. and you shall bruise his heel. It's this idea. The image is there is going to be someone who's going to crush the head of the snake. Yeah. He's going to crush evil at its source. Hmm. And evil is going to be done away with. Yeah. And as followers of Jesus, we recognize that Jesus is seeing himself fulfilling that Genesis 3.15 wow. promise. That he is going to crush evil at its source and that's what he came to do. Hmm. Uh the, you know the book of first John talks about the son of man came to destroy the works of the devil. Yeah. And everything that is not beauty, goodness and order. Yeah. You know on one sense we can say that's not of God yeah. and that God has come in the person of Jesus to bring beauty, yeah. order and chaos. And to bring that shalom, to bring that's heaven cool. and earth back together. Hmm. Where we look forward to the revelation 21 yeah. no pain, suffering. Wow. Death and tears.
0: So, Jesus is the snake crusher.
1: Jesus is, the, yeah, is the snake crusher. And I love that. I mean, it sounds like a cool band name or something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, but to see, just to have that, that image of he is going to crush the head of the snake. And at the same time, there's this aspect where. It says the text says he's gonna he the serpent's gonna bruise his heel. Mm. So there's this aspect of it's the wounded victor. Where think of a snake bite, right? Like you get bit by a snake, there's a wound there, Mm -hmm. and it's through the wounding of the snake crusher. It's through the suffering of the snake crusher that victory over evil, victory over sin and death is gonna come into place. And I think I just wanted to just build off that very briefly, as I think it's a very famous verse, John 3:16. We're talking Mm. about taking for ourselves mm-hmm. and that self-preservation instinct. But when we talk about Jesus, John yeah. 3, 16, very famous verse, for God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He
0: gave, yeah.
1: Right? And so you, it's the opposite of what humanity wants yeah. to do. And I think we can rest in the goodness of Jesus mm. that he has and, and continues to give himself on our behalf That's so that we can be sustained by him and his presence yeah. with us through all these Crisis. This won't be the last time we have a crisis. Hopefully, it's you know not as bad the next time. Yeah, but like seriously. through all the trials of yeah, life, right. Jesus gives Himself for us and is with us it's good. in those moments. So,
0: yeah, yeah. Well, let's wrestle with this. Yeah. We have Genesis one and two. Now we have Genesis three. We have a snake crusher. Yeah. We have a fall. We have a repeating pattern of falling. Yeah, and we have this choice of God wanting to bring order, God wanting to bring beauty, God wanting to bring love into the world, and we have an opportunity to perpetuate that chaos yeah or be restorers let's think on that and gather up next time
1: catch you later sounds good cool